Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome back to the program Adam Campaign, who is the CEO of Clear Metal. And today we're going to talk about 2018 Outlook, the year global shipping embraces artificial intelligence. Now, AI was certainly one of the most talked about uh, technologies uh, this past year, and certainly uh, AI will continue to have an impact in the months and, and years ahead. Um, you know, what have been some of the, the lessons learned uh, so far this year? Uh, what are some of the you know, remaining challenges or opportunities that, that are out there? And you know, how will uh, artificial intelligence uh, technology continue to uh, evolve and drive innovation in the industry uh, in the year uh, ahead? Well, those are just some of the questions we're going to you know, discuss in today's episode. And it's great to uh, welcome Adam back to the program to uh, share his insights and perspective on, on this topic based on you know, his work with clients in this area. So Adam, welcome back to the program. Thanks, Adrian. Good, good to be back. Well, Adam, as I mentioned, uh, you know, in my opening remarks there, I mean, artificial intelligence was certainly one of the most talked about, uh, you know, technologies, you know, this past year. Um, but before we kind of talk about what's in store for, for 2018 and, and beyond, let's talk about the state of the industry uh, today. I mean, where are we from a technology standpoint and from a market education and adoption standpoint? Yeah, sure, Adrian. So from a technology standpoint, I mean, we're, we're there. We, we've, we've seen this past year, uh, the progressive companies in the space start to test and use some of the early technologies out there like ours. And I think the industry, um, it, at least in some parts, has understood that this is real, it's here, and it works. So from a technology perspective, um, we're, we're there. I think what you talk about in terms of industry education and progress and where folks are really in the transformation journey is by and large, the industry is early, but getting more progressive. Um, we are out there obviously speaking to a whole bunch of companies and it's clear which companies are early in that process and just trying to educate themselves and which are farther along and, and starting to make moves. Now, if I were, you know, running a large retailer or manufacturer or even a 3PL that presents them, clearly I know where on that spectrum I'd like to be because we've, seen this movie play out before and understand what happens both to those who are too slow to adopt and those that are on the cutting edge to differentiate and compete. Um, but really the state of the industry, I'd, I'd sum up to say, you know, knowing full well that uh, the Amazon effect is in full force, which makes people truly understand that digital transformation is required uh, and required now. Um, and also the realization that until today, there haven't been many solutions out there that solve the underlying data problem, which is really uh, at the root, the cause of a lot of the issues, whether you're talking um, you know, status codes and, and container movements, all the way up to big strategic initiatives that CEOs are talking about. We could talk more about that, but yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I mean, I think, you know, certainly with the companies that I talked to and, and certainly I went to a lot of conferences this year and uh, certainly a lot of interest in, in, in AI. Uh, you know, a lot of times when I asked them, oh, are you kind of implementing any kind of solutions in this area? You know, the, the, the answer was no, you know, because, you know, a lot of them are kind of stuck in, you know, not knowing where to, where to begin or uh, I, I would say they were kind of in the analysis paralysis kind of uh, environment where they want to keep studying it, keep studying it, but, you know, just don't have the, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the push, if you will, to, you know, to, to actually uh, get, get started. 
Um, but but you, you know, let's let's you know. So you, know, you you touched upon this a little bit. I mean, if you look back over the course of the year now, you've had the opportunity to work with a number of clients, and, and obviously you've talked to a number of different companies about uh, AI. I mean, what has surprised you the most? Uh, you know, so far, and um, you know, what are the what are the big, the biggest learnings or takeaways that you've had? Yeah, sure. I mean, two uh, two that I'll I'll share. I think you know. First is um, first is that uh, it's surprising how many companies out there um, are looking to solve world hunger. I'll say sort of all at once, right? They believe, despite the fact that they talk about a transformational journey and you know transforming the overall supply chain, there's a lot of belief out there that all this can be solved all at once. And you know, when people look out, they believe they see solutions that are going to do that. And, and as we know, and I think as history tells, transformation is a, is a journey. It's not a snap of the fingers. And what's more important, and this is what we're often trying to evangelize and educate, what's more important is the methodology with which you uh, adapt and solve kind of underlying data issues, at least in our case, that will enable you to set up for the long-term supply chain and, and, and true transformation rather than slapping sort of a Band-Aid on it. Um, so I think one surprising thing is, is that it's the dissonance between talking about transformation yet, um, believing things can be solved in one fell swoop and it's more of a path. The second thing, um, that we are sort of surprised at and it's quite similar is how, uh, people are looking to solve this problem similar to the ways they have before, right? They're looking for technology off the shelf that often looks, you know, all kind of sexy with UIs and, and user interfaces and things like this um, without really taking a fundamentally different approach. And when I say that, I actually am talking about uh, data. So what we haven't seen in the industry until today is first solving that data problem before giving yourself an application that does the day-to-day -day operational things. And, you know, a long analogy, but simplifying it down to Google versus Apple Maps, right? So what Google Maps did very well was it made sense of all the data around point of interests around the world before ever, you know, providing search and navigation and real-time traffic. Whereas Apple Maps, you know, came out and had that sort of PR uh, uh, scare around its effectiveness because it hadn't solved that underlying data problem. And our company views the supply chain challenges in a similar way. You first have to solve the data problem before providing applications and making different decisions. And we are surprised to find so many companies taking the same kind of approach of an overlaid technology solution or application on top of bad data. That's not going to help them fundamentally change, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, you know, that's been a historical problem, you, you know, ever since I've been in the industry and analyzing the, the, the industry, um, where they, they look at technology as a civil bullet solution you know, for supply chain visibility for some of these things that they want to do um, when, when the reality is that that foundational component, meaning, you know, timely, accurate, complete, you know, data, um, you know, is, is kind of missing, right? In, in order to be able to, you know, effectively feed these systems that, and, and be able to achieve the, the uh, objectives that they're trying to achieve, you know, from, from this technology uh, investments. Um, you know, so you brought up the, you know, the data, you, you know, piece. And I know, I think in the, in the, uh, the previous episode you were on and, and maybe it was in the guest commentary you wrote, you, you talked about how actually, you know, artificial intelligence and machine learning 
addresses that, right? Uh, in terms of helping to, you know, um, uh, resolve that issue uh, and create that strong foundation. I mean, how, how does that work? Yeah, um, and I think that's so core. You're right, exactly what I was just sharing. So, you know, a lot of people view uh, AI and machine learning as this kind of Star Wars stuff. It's incredibly fancy, it's futuristic. We want to get to it one day is what, you know, some people are saying without realizing, yeah, as you bring up Adrian, that these different kinds of technologies, machine learning and AI can and are, at least by us, being used to make sense of and solve the underlying data problem. So to get very tangible with it, you know, if you look at the information in the industry, stay with just within the transportation segment and look at uh, gate in, gate, gate out, 315 EDI messages, you know, it isn't clear to kind of the average eye or the average technology system all these different errors that come across, right? You might see a vessel departure code at the same time as a vessel arrival or uh, two different timestamps on a vessel departure without it being clear whether that's a departure from origin or a transshipment port. Um, you know, inland, you might see a, a status message that says delivered versus out for delivery, which are obviously very different things. These are just a few examples of thousands of different anomalies that are inherent in supply chain data. And rather than employing hundreds um, of kind of manual uh, hours to chew this up, things can be made a lot more efficient by actually employing machine learning and technology to assist people in more legibly reading that data. And so I don't mean it from the standpoint of replacing you know, jobs with technology. I mean, adding a perfect copilot, which is a very powerful computer and an AI system to make sense of data so that people can actually be a lot more strategic with their time in managing exceptions and doing so proactively rather than trying to decipher, you know, what the status or current uh, uh, location is of a particular shipment, for example. Right, right. No, that's, a, that's a great example. I think, you know, I think people get into, you know, they jump ahead to your earlier point. They, they jump ahead with, you know, AI and artificial and, and uh, uh, you know, machine learning to talk about things like, you know, predictive and, and get there. And of course that's, that's going to be a core part of the value proposition ultimately, but, but they don't think too much about how this technology can actually be used to, you know, fix that underlying, you know, data quality issue, which I think was one of my, you know, key learnings, you know, this year as well. Um, so, so let's shift gears a little bit now and then let's look ahead, right? Yeah. It's 2018 and, and beyond. I mean, what, what are some of the, the key, um, you know, industry trends and themes that are kind of setting the stage for AI innovation. Yeah, and I, and I think looking back a bit in history helps, right? If you look at 2014-15, I think that was the year that people were acknowledging, you know, we're in trouble and there's a whole lot of challenge, at least more so than in the past. I think 2016 was the real acknowledgement that we ought to do something about it. And this past year, 2017, has been about the progressive companies in the industry starting to test and determine whether or not these technologies are here and real and working and delivering value. And so I think what's setting up for 2018 being the year of AI is the fact that many have actually undergone, you know, this process that I just described to now see the technology is here, it's real, it's delivering value. Those that adopt it will compete with great advantage. And those that simply will be slower will, will fall behind in a number of ways. Um, and fail to catch up to, to fierce competition out there, whether it's Amazon or, or someone else. 
Right. So, I mean, I think I know you were at the uh, CSCMP conferences here and, and you spoke with a couple of uh, companies there that were kind of the, the, some of the earlier adopters here are kind of working with, with, with exploring some of these, these possibilities. And I think you're right. I think, you know, coming into 2018, I think what a lot, uh, what I expect or what I hope to see is, is more of these case studies, if you will, and, and, and proof points. Uh, and then the challenge becomes, you know, those that have waited, you know, are you going to heed the call, if you will, and take action? Or are you going to continue to, you know, be frozen by analysis paralysis and, and kind of continue to wait? I think that's going to, um, you know, be interesting to see, you know, what, what develops there. Um, you know, so, so, you know, based on your work with clients and, and you know, uh, and, and your learnings, you know, this past year, I mean, what's the business value of AI innovations for, you know, manufacturers, retailers, uh, and the 3PLs that serve them? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's tremendous and it's across the supply chain. Um, I'd say the, the overall theme and, and the true value is solving that underlying data problem and what that enables for a company in you know, short-term operations, longer-term strategic planning, or sort of even the eventual state of the supply chain that's required for the future. As we work with customers, um, you know, you could take, uh, you know, the being able to determine which, uh, where to source materials from, where to manufacture from based on certain risk factors and, um, uh, and quality metrics, the ability to use AI and machine learning to determine whether to ship by air or ocean and, and where to procure and which service provider to procure that freight from, you know, through the transportation space, being able to determine you know, shipment location, being able to predict exceptions and final arrival all the way through warehousing and, and last mile. You know, I think a good example, if we look at something quite tangible is, you know, take a large supplier, right? Um, again, their ability to use uh, clean and fundamentally sound data to make sense of, you know, where those goods are coming from and are they on time, how to procure the right type of uh, uh, freight for that service, assessing risk of when and how those uh, goods will show up with high quality and reliability at their final destination. Even front, we're seeing frontline productivity gains that are quite tremendous in terms of how um, supply chain professionals are prioritizing their time, focusing on the right shipments based on predicted risk, and being able to focus in on the right um, shipments at risk to make alternate arrangements or at least notify internal parts of the company or external uh, customers or 3PLs. Um, we see that stemming really across a few teams. So on the sales team, we see um, suppliers being able to make uh, better partners with their customers by providing uh, you know, tighter uh, SLAs and delivery times. We see customer service personnel being much more able to uh, focus on the right information and share that information in their own companies and with customers. And even on the finance side of the CFO's office, being able to understand, you know, exactly when to invoice customers to generate even just a day or two of a free cash flow and, and, and some working capital has also helped. So, you know, I, I could go on and on. There's so much, um, you know, value and incremental gains, right. And using a different kind of computing to solve core problems. But I think really where enterprises are getting excited about the work we've done together is on finally unlocking the value of the underlying data in their supply chain and setting them up for true competitive advantage as they look, as they look forward. 
You know, I think I, I, you know, I think that's still a, it's such a powerful point because I mean, I think it's always been, you know, to me, data quality management. I think everybody recognizes the importance of that, but it was always something that people always like to point the finger at, right? So it's not, you know, if you look, if you talk to people in in supply chain logistics, it's say, well, you know, that's uh, that's IT's problem, or IT ought to, you know, fix that. And then you talk to people in IT, and they would say, uh, that's not our problem. Just get your suppliers and your trading partners to send you you know, clean data and you wouldn't have a problem, right? So, and so basically people just said, okay, we'll just learn to live with, deal with it, right? And I think, you know, we're at the point right now where, you know, you might've been, companies might've been able to get away with, uh, you know, band-aid approach or just dealing with this bad data with, uh, you know, workarounds and so forth. Um, but it's becoming, the you know, margin for error is becoming smaller and smaller that, you know, I think now is the time to really start a you know, uh, attacking this in a more, you know, intelligent, uh, more intelligent way. I think part of the challenge has been, I'm kind of curious what your thought here is, you know, part of the reason people are attracted by the, 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 the software side of things, if you will, the, the user interfaces and the nice maps and, you know, and even the, you know, the stuff that quite honestly you guys do as well, right? The predictive, you know, components of it is that, you know, you could, that, and everything you just talked about, it's that, that's kind of where the business case is, right? And the, but, but as we've been talking about, the data quality piece has got to come first, but that's tougher to sell, right? You know, if you walk into a room and say, you know, how do you put a, how do you put a price point or, or cost savings around data quality management? Uh, it sounds like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like that's become, companies are becoming more aware that there is a, a cost associated with poor data quality and that, and that they're able to quantify that and that they're able to see the, the business value around applying machine learning to that aspect of it. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. I mean, the, the, I think selling data quality standalone, it, it, it's challenging to make tangible, but when you, when you realize, and, and what we, the picture we paint is that all of the core decisions of the business, right? Decisions you make with suppliers, decisions you make with partners, internal decisions around um, how to manage your supply chain, all those decisions are assisted right by technology systems and data and all those decisions actually then stem back into the root you know problem of this data being poor right if the data is not right how are you supposed to make optimal decisions off of it and how are you supposed to operate a, a lean supply chain if you will um so what we're able to do is actually show how data quality is not just a standalone and i use quality loosely but you know making sense of the data is not this standalone value. It's actually the thing that's empowering all of the metrics, all of the predictions, all of the optimization, all the decisions and strategic planning that a company is making. And so I think if you look at it through that lens, you know, not separately, but what is empowering all this stuff, it starts to really become a different story. And I think that's where customers are really, um, uh, you know, waking up to, to see the value. Yeah, that's a great point. I think it goes back to your earlier point about this being, you know, truly a journey, and that that's where the journey begins, right? If you don't start there, you know, if if you immediately jump to the, uh, you know, the end of the journey without having gone through the, you know, the uh, the beginning, um, you, you're really not going to, you know, reach the uh, the objectives that that you've set out for yourself. Um, you know, Adam, uh, we're kind of, you know, getting short on time here, so I'm just going to go right to my last question. Uh, you know, as a way to wrap up, I mean, what, you know, what actions should you know, manufacturers, retailers, and 3PLs take to get, you know, started on this journey and kind of any words of, of caution or, or things that they should look out for, you know, as they move forward on this journey? 
Sure. Yeah, I'd sum it up to four things. I think first, companies need to be sober about where along the transformation journey they really are, right? Are they just in the education phase or, you know, are they really making moves to differentiate themselves and gain strategic advantage and, and, and derive value out of a supply chain that could be a lot better? Um, so I think the first is understand where you are and that should dictate kind of the, the folks you talk to and how you go about um, planning for things. I think second, yeah, beware, I'd say, of, of the buzzwords and, and the shiny objects, I'd say. You know, it's very easy to talk about, you know, AI and machine learning. It's very different to have applications that are, you know, and a methodology that's fully based on those capabilities. In the same way, it's very easy to be enamored by, um, you, know, uh, you know, fancy screens and applications. But another thing to, to really get true value out of a product that is helping companies make different kinds of decisions. You know, third, I'd say is, you know, there are a lot of technology providers out there and, and my advice would be gain, you know, do research and gain a partner that, that matches the methodology with which you want to transform your whole supply chain, right? This isn't a one application purchase or a solve world hunger kind of purchase. This is, about a transformational path, and companies ought to work with partners that they believe they have a vision match with in terms of, you know, how to go about that transformation and what's required. And then, you know, fourth, I'd say engage. You know, I, I gave kind of the previous few years that have been um, sort of patient to understand what's happening, what's out there, what to do, and whether, you know, we need to or not. And now we're at the phase where 2018 is going to be a year where companies really pull ahead of not. And so my advice would be, you know, engage and, and remember that engaging can be light and cheap and quick and delivering immediate value, not like, you know, decades prior that are, uh, you know, multi-year uh, massive, massive investments of, uh, of time and speculation. Yeah, those are all great, great points and, uh, you know, great advice. And, and certainly I'm looking forward to, to see what the, uh, the weeks and months ahead have in, have in store because I think we, yeah, the best is yet to come, you know, in, in this whole area, in this whole field, which is, you know, what makes this industry so, uh, you know, fun and, and, and exciting. Um, well, Adam, you know, with that, uh, again, thank you for uh, taking the time to be with us today and kind of share your perspective and your learnings and, and your advice on, uh, you know, what will make. 2018, the year for artificial intelligence in the industry. So thank you. Yeah, thanks, Adrian. Pleasure. And uh, I want to thank those of you that joined us. Uh, if you're watching this episode on demand, uh, either at the Clear Metal website or on Talking Logistics, and you've got a question or a comment for Adam, uh, you can post it there. I'm sure that he'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.